we have an opportunity here to bring presence to the ceremony that is your life. And my invitation to you is to stop whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just for this one precious moment and take a deep breath. Follow the breath into your root point and land yourself right here, right now, into your present moment. And exhale. Welcome to the space where all the magic is happening and prepare yourself to receive the wild, raw expanse that is available inside the dojo that is your life. You are the empowered center point creator of every single experience that you are drawing into your field at this time. When you recognize that and really get that in your bones, you will receive yourself as the magnet for the most perfectly expansive evolutionary curriculum that is precisely crafted for you to evolve beyond what was in order to claim all that is a match to the you who is free. And that is what we are here to do inside the dojo as we explore what it means to live a life beyond the edge. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, dojo family. Oh my goodness, I am here with one of the most magical creatures that exists on the planet. I'm certain mm. of it. Mm. Mia Magic is otherworldly in her <laughs> essence. <laughs> in her essence, in in the depth of belief that I have witnessed this woman exhibit in real magic. And I'll let her describe what that really means for her. But I know from my own personal experience of knowing Mia on the deepest levels for at least eight years now, she and I have been, we have been walking for a minute and we have seen <laughs> each other through so many different lifetimes already in this one lifetime in the last eight years and witnessing each other's growth and really championing one another through all of the seasons and all of the phases. And one through line that I've witnessed in this woman has been her belief in magic, her belief in something greater than our mundane, immediate human experience, that there's something bigger, grander, greater going on here. And I just feel so inspired by you in that level of embodiment and, and like willingness to embrace that which is perceived as unreal by so many, right? And being willing to just walk in your own way on your own path and own your uniqueness. And then over these past couple of years, I really witnessed the blossoming of that foundation that you really forged over many years of, you know, it's like, um, it, it makes me think of, you know, like the historically, the way if you imagine and feel and, and really reference the historical path of the witch and the belief in, in something greater and, and being faced with such a culture and a community of individuals who can't see it that way or don't see it that way. And to be able to sustain the way that you see in the face of so many who don't see it, for most of our formative years together until I've seen this boom over these last <laughs> couple of years where it's like as if the the 
the stand that you've taken for that which you believe in your perspective and your truth and being willing to speak and live outside of the lines. <laughs> I'm, I've witnessed it pay off like over these last couple of years where now it's like the leader goes first, the leader goes where others don't, you know? And then now by really paving your own way and being willing to be the one out there, whether others can see it or follow or not, you've just always been willing to go there. And I'm sure you've had to face off. I'm curious to hear what that journey has been like for you of facing off with judgment or misperception and what it's taken for you to get to where you are now, where it feels like there's been like this title turn you know, where now you're, I know that you're writing a book and your social media is, is touching the lives of hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. Your retreats are filling well in advance all over the world. Like there's so many people whose hearts, your voice speaks to specifically. It's like, oh man, like there's somebody else who gets me, you know, but you had to really get you first. And so I, I would love to kind of pass the mic to you and just allow you to introduce yourself and share what you're most excited about at this stage of your life. And then I'd love to go into what I just named, like, let's rewind first before we get to where we are now and, and hear a little bit about how that walk has been for you. Oh yeah. It's been a, it's been a long one. It definitely feels more like a marathon, you know? And I think really like you and I are going on, on almost 10 years now, cause I'm going on eight with Rach and all the rest. And, and you and I met before that. So, wow. um, yeah, it's such a, such a beautiful journey. And I think that there's, you know, it's multifaceted. Some people have those moments where they do one ceremony and like they turn their whole life around and everything works and it's fireworks. And it's, <laughs> you know, mine was not like that. It was a <laughs> slow burn. You know, we were simmering for years um, before we brought things sort of to the rolling boil where they are now. And, you know, from my perspective, and I'm writing about this in the book right now, it's like, there is this deeply ingrained cellular genetic epigenetic lineage sort of wound like we know about the witch wound the witch wound is caused by millions of women being killed and all kinds of people really like anyone who was different anyone who was uh creating their own sovereign relationship to the divine and didn't sort of subscribe to the the organized religion of we're going to tell you what your relationship to god is like we're going to tell you what god says you can't talk to god on your own and so we all have this wound because we all come from different indigenous civilizations and cultures all over the world whether your lineage is norse and european or asian or south american or african like before global colonization, everyone was indigenous. Everyone was magical. Everyone had these ancient earth-based traditions that were their lineage. And that was stripped from all of us. And so what I've really been working with lately is, is the inner witch hunter. <laughs> Speaking of as, as your black cat. cat. Um, yeah. And the inner witch hunter is the voice of that priest or that church programming that said, you're evil. This is bad. You know, you deserve to die. You shouldn't be here. You, you know, even your, your sexual nature, your seductive energy, all of it is 
wrong and it's shameful and it's something that you deserve to be punished for. And so for me, what I, you know, I'm calling it and working with it as the inner witch hunter, but that's really what it was for me for so long. I was a little girl who believed in magic. I I would frolic outside in the forests and I loved to read fantasy stories and I believed in magic and dragons and all of my fairy tales. And, uh, and it really was a result of sort of the external witch hunt, the public school system, right? The the lack of separation between church and state that when I left my sort of small little hippie Northern California elementary school bubble and went to public school, all of a sudden I was the biggest loser. I was the one that everyone was making fun of and everyone was bullying and tormenting and like everything was wrong with me. Mm. Everything I believed in, everything I dreamed of was wrong with me. And so when we have those experiences as children, or when we have them in our lineage, which we all do, we internalize them and we let them inform our reality. And so that was just what the voices in my head were saying for so long, is there something wrong with you? You know, and when you and I did our ceremony, that definitely that pattern came up, right? It's like, there's something wrong with you, the way that you are, the things that you believe in, what you want for yourself, who you desire to be, who you think you are or who you think you can be. There's something wrong with that. And so my journey and especially like really what I've been working through right now and why my social media is, is growing and going the way that it is, is because now I'm just like, okay, well, fuck that inner witch hunter. Like I hear you and I see you and I know you still have all kinds of things to shame me about and tell me is wrong with me, but I don't fucking care anymore. I just can't listen to you. I can't let you uh, determine my choices and my actions and what I'm saying or sharing or not. And, you know, that's been the biggest piece for me is seeing how the voice, whether it's uh, an ancestral voice, whether it's something that we learned as a child, you know, or had someone say to us, you know, you and I both have the, have the things with the dads and they say the things and then we believe exactly what they say. And then we start acting upon what they say. And then it's actually not true. And, and so, you know, the biggest thing for me has just been seeing that I am both sides. Like I have the witch hunter within me, but I am the witch and which means wise. And so if I can utilize, and so, so a witch hunter is hunting your wisdom. So if I can utilize my wisdom, which is the culmination of everything I've experienced in my life, which includes the moments where I fell victim to the witch hunter, which includes the moments where I decided to listen and I chose to stay small and to shrink myself and to be less and to pretend like I didn't know that magic was real. And I let that agony and that misery be my reality and be my life. The only thing I can do the only thing wisdom really in its essence is for is making a new choice Mm. is is choosing something different than that. When we've learned that it doesn't make us feel good and it doesn't get us towards what we want. It doesn't help us achieve our dreams or find our purpose. It just keeps us away from that. And it, it makes convinces us that we need to like try and shrink to fit into some societal box that generally isn't even the kind of world we want to live in. So it's been, yeah, it's been a long journey. It was not fast, but it's been, 
it's been an incredible last couple of years, especially really just claiming the word. You know, I put the hat on, put the pointy witch hat on and, and chose to claim this word that has been made wrong and bad and evil. And I don't believe that wisdom is evil. I believe that wisdom is what will save us. And, mm-hmm. and if we all can actually embody the lessons that life has taught us throughout our existence, then that's how we'll learn to live in harmony with one another and how we'll learn, you know, how to walk forward and create the the new world or the kind of world we actually want to live in. So mm. It's, oh. it's been a mission, but yeah, I'm st- I'm still doing it. I'm walking, I'm walking and I'm not, I'm not stopping. I'm climbing this mountain, no matter what. A thousand percent you are. Yeah. You're so eloquent in the way that you speak. And it's always been a natural gift of yours to channel in that way. And you spoke to some really big things in there that I notice, And a lot of the women I work with this, what you're calling the internal witch hunter. And I, I really, witness within myself and, and others, one of the biggest, greatest keys to freedom is when we can actually turn the key of our own compassion and actually start to be easy on ourselves. When these patterns come up, when the, you know, self-judgment or the protection mechanisms of keeping ourselves small or over-efforting or under-efforting or however it appears for, for you. Right. And so I'm curious, you know, you, you, you're speaking from like a high level around the inner witch hunter and you just were like, fuck it, I'm done. Was it as simple as that? Can you break that down? Like how, what was that turning point? So for anyone listening who is noticing you know, life, the force of life for those of us who are in the process of awakening, which is everyone, for those of you who are consciously in that process and giving everything you have to it with full willingness, I imagine those of you listening are in that in that bunch, you know, this life is bringing the perfect, most well-designed catalyst to aggravate our material up to the surface so that we can bring it into the light and love, like meet those parts with love, the parts that have felt the most unlovable, the parts that we've not, you know, have not been able to accept. And so I'm curious, you know, for anyone listening, if you're having catalysts come up in your life that are aggravating the part of you, what, what me is calling the inner witch hunter. Now, what was the key and how did that look for you to start to see that you even had an inner witch hunter? Maybe it's your inner judge or your inner critic or the part of you that punishes yourself. Yep. The inner priest, the inner disciplinary father, it's yes. all the different things. Exactly. So how do you, what did that process look like to become aware of that, that aspect and then start to dismantle it? Like, cause you're saying it wasn't as simple as actually just saying, fuck it, I'm done. Yeah. No. Was, yeah. So like, it was a many moments that led up to that. And what was the turning point where now you actually are able to witness that part and again and again, for the most part, shift it? I think that. The biggest thing for all of us, no matter what we call that voice, no matter what it says, right? Like not everyone has the kind of self-loathing that I do. Like my inner witch hunter makes me want to hate myself. I have been in medicine ceremonies, like where the combo, the pain of the combo comes up and I'm just like screaming, I hate myself, right? It's like this pain that is just inside of our cellular body. Everyone shows up differently everyone's looks different. Mm -hmm. So your path of healing it is going to look different also, but 
the most important thing for any of us is just that awareness, right? It's like, okay, wow, I can hear the voice of self-loathing, the voice of judgment, the voice of shame, the voice of, you know, wrong making bad, the voice of dirtiness, like my sexuality, I shouldn't be this kinky or I shouldn't be this surrendered or life shouldn't be this easy. Any, any voice that is trying to tell you that what feels right to you is wrong just bringing awareness to the fact that that is not your truth. That is not you because you have dreams and desires. You have alignment. You have those good, yummy, juicy sensations for a reason. They are meant to guide us. They are meant to show us our path and what we're destined for. And and I believe divinely designed for. And so there, there wasn't any one moment. It still happens all the time. I put moon blood all over my face on Instagram, you know, a few days ago. And I've been doing that with, in my own personal practice for years. And I've never felt safe to put that out on the internet. And I did a ritual with myself, which, you know, as, as you know, as I'm sure you speak about on the podcast a lot, using altered states of consciousness, whether that's through breath work or meditation or just intention or plant medicine, whatever it is, putting an intentional container around something that you want to shift or change and allowing the conscious mind to just like take a break and, and relax into that's what an altered state is, right? It can be from medicine, but it can also just be quieting that loud voice of the conscious mind. And in those spaces, we can often hear a little more clearly what's true. And so I went into a ritual, no plant medicine, just breath and meditation. And I was working with Mercury, the, the, the uh, ruler of my sun sign, the messenger of the gods in the Roman tradition. And I asked, like, what do you want from me? Like, what other message am I meant to be sharing right now? And it was like, you need to tell them what you're doing with this blood. It's time. Stop hiding. You're still hiding. You're still mm-hmm. hiding. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, and I could feel (laughs) the shame and the, oh my God, I can't do it. I don't want to put that on the internet. Like that's my sacred practice. That's my, you know, all of the things and whatever everyone's going to think and how everyone's going to judge me and that, 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 that. And like, it can be small choices like that. And it can be large choices like that. But the bottom line is, is that when you act anyway, right? That's what the essence of the dojo is, right? Like I feel this thing rising in me. I want to sing this song. I want to speak this poem. I want to share my truth. Too often, we just don't. We hear that desire. We hear that inclination, that little invitation from God or what I call our intuition. And we just deny it and ignore it and pretend like it didn't happen. And that's what is us saying yes to the inner witch hunter. Okay. You're right. You're right about me. I shouldn't do this. This is wrong or bad or shameful. Mm -hmm. And so again, there wasn't any one moment where everything turned and changed. It was, it was every time I was willing to say yes. Yes. It was every time I was willing to face the fear or the pain and, and push through it and push forward and, and know that I am terrified, but I'm going to be courageous. Yeah. And the origin of the word courage in French, col, cour, C-O-U-R, or with an E as well, spelled in French, means heart. Yeah. So courage is to be of the heart. Yeah. It's to follow our hearts. It's not to listen to the negative voices or the inner critic or the witch hunter. It's to say, 
my heart wants me to do this. My heart wants me to be this or say this or sing this. And I'm going to listen to my heart. That's what courage really is. And that's what has, has changed the game for me is despite so much fear, I still have fear all the time, all the time about the things that I say that I'm doing, you know, even if it's subconscious, just claiming the word, witch was literally something that would get you killed. Some of the last witch burnings were in 1895. It's not that long ago. Mm -hmm. You know, people were still being burned alive for just being accused of something that I'm out there in the world claiming and Mm -hmm. proclaiming and saying, yes, I am this. I am a witch. I am a wise woman, right? And we're all doing that in our own unique ways. You know, mine's the the German word for it that means something so different to so many other people. But but that's really the biggest piece is that when you, if it's a small thing and you take that small step and you push through the fear, just like in the dojo, it's it's going to lead to a new timeline. It's going to shift the trajectory of your life because you're showing the patterns and your neural pathways like. I'm taking a new direction. Here's my turning point, even if it's minuscule and minute. And and those, you know, over and over again, those little turning points are what ultimately sort of blazed my trail and forged my path to to lead me to where I am now. Ah, well said. Yeah, (laughs) it's the way that I, I like to describe it. It's it's this idea that, you know, the edges in our life, the leading edge of your life, the guardian at the gate of that is always something that you're afraid to feel on the other side. So the leading edge of your expression in that moment was revealing yourself in your moon blood ritual publicly and really checking your why for that, which was like, oh my God, like the why is, you know, not hiding. It, it's it's inviting others into a space of invitation and normalization of this divine feminine birthright that we have as as women, and it takes a lot of courage to do that. So, using that example, the edge was like one reality, one timeline. I believe we operate, we exist in a a world where we have choice, and we have we can collapse our reality into a multitude of different timeline possibilities. So one timeline possibility in that moment is the you that succumbed to the inner witch hunter and felt afraid of the feeling of rejection, of being persecuted, of judged, of all that. And you keep yourself small. And then that timeline is the withhold of the fullness of your expression, which I imagine reverberated and touched many a life and inspired many a life. The other timeline, which is the one that you chose, was to actually look at what you were afraid to feel on the other side of that edge and with consciousness from the you that you were on that day, not the you that you were a year before that or even 10 days before that, but the you that you were on that day receiving that guidance in that moment you had never been before. (laughs) So that you had tools, had developed a set of tools to be able to risk meeting the feeling of like collective persecution, potentially collective rejection, potentially. And you decided, you taught me the word decision to see day, right? See days to kill. You killed all other options. You decided (laughs) and said, I'm going to do this, which it, which means I'm risking, I'm willing to risk I know that there is a possibility that there will be people on the other side of this decision, 
that will judge me or reject me or have their own misperceptions or whatever. But by being willing to take the you that you were in that moment across that edge, what happened is, yes, you risk the possibility of those things happening, but you also make yourself available for an entirely new spectrum of possibility that exists in the reality of the you that lives on the other side of that edge. And yeah. you don't get to know that you that lives on the other side of that edge until you become that you that lives on the other side of that edge. And this is where these new timelines of possibilities and unexpected potentialities come in because you're walking with a level of liberation and courage that you didn't have access to before. So there's something in that around vulnerability hangover and like aftercare. <laughs> when you do face off, you know, I call myself a liberation artist and the way that you walk is with such courage, right? And so anyone listening, if you're making a careful study of these edges in your life and then expanding beyond them, you do have to kind of pulse in that unknown for a moment. Like, for this example, when you press send and that video goes out, you have to really sit in that potentiality and be willing to permeate that feeling with yourself of like, and even if I get judged, even if I get rejected, even if this creates this wildfire that I'm afraid to feel, I'm going to be willing to be with myself right here. And so what does that look like for you? How do you treat yourself in that moment where it's just kind of like you're pulsing on the edge of, okay, I just did the thing, this radical expression. Now, what does the you that's on the other side need in that moment to like calm your nervous system and like actually repattern the experience? Well, there's one thing that I do want to share, especially about going and doing those things is you can... I just want to be clear with everyone that I did end up losing hundreds of followers yeah. after posting that. Yeah. So, so please do not get discouraged. Like if you go and do something like that, and then you have a repercussion, yeah. it doesn't mean that you did something wrong. Yeah. It, it's just like a residual of that old belief showing you like, can I stand by this choice? Yes. Can I, can I show up with pride or, or like acknowledgement and honor and appreciation of that version of myself that I chose to be, even if a little bit of, you know, the thing that I was worried about comes yeah. up. So I just want to like, to those of you that are, that are listening, just know that like, I could have looked at, I've been on this massive growth, you know, thousands of followers every day, blah, 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 whatever it's, you know, it's great for, for getting the message out there. And that's beautiful. And that stopped. And it was the first time in months that the numbers dropped and went lower. And so there, there was a moment where I could have said, oh, fuck, I made a huge mistake. I never should have done this. I'm an idiot. I should delete this. But that's not who I wanted to be. I didn't want to believe that. I didn't want to. I don't want to believe that. I've been hiding this practice for five years, except for with my best, closest friends that still some of them, it's like a little too much for, you know, mm -hmm. and and so I just. I knew that I, like you said, wanted to be the version of myself who's on the other side of that, regardless of how yes. the world responds, yes. regardless of whether there are repercussions or not. Mm -hmm. And so it just, you know, just know that my interpretation of that happening was because of how much fear I felt at the beginning. That doesn't mean that I wasn't courageous. That doesn't mean that I made the wrong choice. It just is like, 
you know, you and I talked about this, like after ceremony, after these big moments, sometimes it takes the earthly realm a while to catch up. If you take a quantum leap, quantum is like no time, no space, instant. But we exist in a three-dimensional reality where like there is chronological, you know, three-dimensional matter that, that can like, it's like your body, you know, you, if you're going to work out every day, like, yeah, you'll see results, but it's, it's pretty hard to just like envision yourself one night, like, oh, I'm going to have a Kim Kardashian booty tomorrow when I wake up, like doesn't necessarily happen like that. <laughs> yeah. And so, so my perspective is that that was, that was just residual belief, residual fear, the old pathways kind of showing themselves and giving me an opportunity to see how I was going to respond. And, and so I actually just kind of tried my best to just like, let it go. I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I can see where I could go with this, but I just don't want to. And, you know, again, that's a, that's a piece of it is like, what do you want? What do you want to feel? Who do you want to be? And that's a huge way, you know, that's such a manifestation technique. They talk about like, fake it till you make it act as if. And so I just, in that moment, like acted as if I had full confidence in my choice. Mm-hmm. I acted as if like I, I was going to be fine. Even if, you know, Instagram shut me down that day and like, you know, I took, took off my account. I'm like, Oh, I'll be fine. I'll just go back to being a witch in my hut in the woods and you know, I'll be fine. Uh-huh. Um, but I think the aftercare piece is really important because it's not always just something as simple as like someone who's gotten used to sharing themselves online, sharing something a little bit more vulnerable, right? Sometimes those choices are massive for us yeah. and they're really big. Mm-hmm. And, and the best thing that you can do, you know, it was perfect that it was on the, the cancer full moon, um, because I got to practice like what would the most unconditionally loving mother do for me right now? What would the, what would the healer do for me? How would she show up for me? And I got to lead everyone in a ritual the next morning, you know, like a few hours after I'd I'd posted it. And I just, I got to hold myself in that way. I want to hold myself. If I do something scary, if I do something challenging, if I push through my leading edge and I don't have someone to parent me, or I don't have a partner to, to hold and support me, then it's up to me. Yeah. That responsibility lies with me. And so even if I'm tender, even if I feel broken, even if I feel, you know, ashamed or afraid or any of those things, again, again, that desire, right? What, what would I want someone to do for me right now? What would I want, you know, a supportive friend or an unconditionally loving mother or a caring partner to do for me right now? How can I, even if it's, you know, even if it's like me totally laying on the couch, like completely overwhelmed, depending on what the the choice that you made was, or the action that you took was, how can I just show up for that a little bit? Yeah. Even if I'm laid out on the couch and I can't get up, can I just put one hand on my heart and one hand on my belly and just say, I love you. Yeah. Babe. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I love you. I'm proud of you. You yeah. did it. Yeah. You did it. You did it. You did it. Who cares? Fuck, you know? And like, you can, yes. and then you can use that and, and that, right. That was like five seconds of doing it, but it's okay. If it's five days, Mm-hmm. It's okay if it's five weeks of like, yes. I'm integrating this because that's how yes. knowledge and information becomes wisdom yeah. is we let it integrate. We let it sink in yes. and we absorb it within ourselves and then allow us to, you know, ourselves to like inform our next. Yeah. 
action yeah. with like the the embodied learning. Yes. Yeah. It's like the 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 Russian dolls of you. You yeah. know, like there's the the inner child work, and then there's your there's your two year old, your five year old, your ten year old, your fifteen year old, your twenty year old, your twenty five, your thirty year old, your thirty five. All learning lessons, all yep. growing along the way, and every one prior became the foundation for the next. And so you are the becoming of your next season right now. And it is not this like instant, just like, boom, now it's completely, you can have spirit can shift in a moment in the night. You can have a quantum expanse in one moment of expanding beyond an edge. It's like, boom, but there is this process of integration where you're repatterning lifetimes of neural networks and, and ways of being and ways of thinking. And it's important that we are committed and devoted to sustaining that new way of being and that new way of thinking and repatterning over an extended period of time. So we're like deepening the groove of the new way of being. So when you take a big leap or like in the instant of sending that video or the instant of you know, maybe ending a friendship that's been a 10 year long friendship and you, you need to have your own space for your own power or ending a relationship or leaving a job. Like these are all big leaps that can happen in a moment and take a lot of courage. So on the other side of that, we set this baseline of learning and trusting, learning how to, and trusting that we will be able to show up for ourselves on the other side, even if there's some reverb, you know, on the other side of a big breakup, there's the heartbreak feeling like, you know, when you end a relationship for a period of time, you're, you're going to go through some pain, mm -hmm. you know? And so then how are you being with yourself on the other side of that? You know, when you leave a home that you loved in a place that you lived for an extended period of time, that's familiar, but it feels stagnant and it's time to make a change that you're going to be facing off with a period of unknown. And that can feel really, really scary. These are all examples of expanding beyond edges and, and being willing to be with the, the, dis, the potential discomfort in the immediate, but not make it mean that the decision was bad or wrong right. because there's some discomfort there. And what I really felt in your share was where you were like, I know that this is for me. I want to be this me. Yeah. So it's a lot about your come from. And as long as you can find the innocence of your heart and know your deepest why for doing something that you're doing your very, very, very best, whether it works or not. Yes. You can always, you take the leap and then you can always refer to that. And if you look back on that, you that made the decision, even if it doesn't fucking work, yeah, there's the you on the other side of the decision that isn't working. And you can look back on the you that made the decision and tune back into her or him and say like, I know you were doing your very best in that moment. And I love you and I'm with you and I forgive you. And this is perfect too, because look what's happening now. Yeah. I'm finding a deeper level of self-love. I'm finding a deeper stability. I'm finding a deeper safety within myself. There isn't a right or a wrong. We get so attached and fixed to these ideas of right or wrong. And I do believe that our karmas will bring corrections yeah. over time. Like if we go way off course, like, we're going to get corrected into an alignment that's true, yeah. but it's like, how are you being with yourself in that trajectory? And so I'd like to journey with you into more of like this now phase where I know yeah. you had been super anchored 
here in LA for I think 10 years or so for a while, like our, we've been on such parallel paths in many ways and you and your partner left LA recently. So I'd love for you to just share with me how that journey has been for you and what you're learning. Yeah. And, and, and the, that last thing that you shared, you know, the version of you, if things don't go right, the version of you that responds to that in a certain way is actually this, it's the same level of power as that one that made the powerful decision. Yes. So just like letting you all know when things don't go wrong and or don't go right, they go wrong, quote unquote, and you decide to choose that even that going wrong was the right thing to happen because of who you get to be. Like that's some fucking magic right there. Yes. So yeah, that was a big part of this process. You know, my partner and I, you know, we have plenty of financial abundance. We have time, we have all the things that we need and we just didn't find the house we were looking for in LA for months. And it was one of those big questions where you're like, what am I doing wrong? What's going on? Why is the universe punishing me? And, um, you know, and it reached a really, like we were having a really hard time just being together because we would go from like, one of us would be traveling and then we'd get a, you know, we rented a place in Sedona for a month. We'd like go back and forth to LA, like keep trying. And, and we were not feeling good because we didn't have a safe, solid, stable foundation for ourselves and for our lives. And, So it was like, okay, well, it seems like the universe is, is pushing us in a different direction. Like we've been trying to force staying in LA for six months and it's not going well. So, um, and one of the idioms that I've heard that, that really already being here in these like snowy mountains and like looking out at these incredible mountains and you, you know, you had a, had a moment here and are having another moment here. And, um, I heard that the oceans are for healing and the mountains are for growing or the mountains are for rising. Mm. And yeah, I've been in LA for 10 years. I was in New York for years before that. Oceans, coastal places. And I have healed so much. <laughs> She's not done yet. Will we ever be? I don't think so, you know. <laughs> but um, but I could feel that the way that my life has been going and growing, especially over the like 2022, was just absolutely insane. Like some of the manifestations that I wanted, like getting my book deal with Hay House, it turned from one book. I'm not even a writer. Like I like videos and I like talking. And all of a sudden I got four projects. It's like two books and two Oracle decks. I'm like, whoa, okay. Like she got a lot of writing to do all of a sudden, you know, and, and those little things were showing me that my life is growing and my, my star, so to speak is rising. And this message that I'm here to share, it, it wants to be out further than I've been letting it. It doesn't want me hiding anymore. It wants something big. And, you know, I really felt within myself, we got here, we had this gorgeous house that we were ready to rent. And we're like in a little Airbnb for new year's Eve. And it's going to be so cute. And, and new year's day, we wake up and the next day we're going to move into our house. And it's like, so fabulous and all these things. And we're like, Oh, so happy that we finally found our place. La la la. And the owner texts me and says, sorry for the inconvenience, but we've decided not to rent the house. We're just going to keep it up for sale. Now inconvenience is a very very nice euphemism for the fact that we drove for 24 hours with all of our stuff in our truck with the two cats in the back seat 
<laughs> and got stuck in a snowstorm in southern podunk, middle of fucking nowhere, Wyoming, and had to stay in a hotel where the waitress at the restaurant says, oh, make sure you don't stay at the Best Western. That's where all the meth heads and meth dealers are. You want to stay at the Hampton Inn or Holiday Inn Express. Those are the nicest. And we're like, great. <laughs> like, appreciate that so much. Cool. Like the Holiday Inn Express is the nicest. Like, okay. So three days of, you know, eight to 10 hour drives. And uh, long, long moments, lots of fishtailing on the road, full ice, semi-trucks coming in the other direction, totally terrifying. This is a lot of inconvenience, sir. Like, this is a huge fucking freight train hitting us right now. We've already had enough of a challenge. Yeah. And I just realized, and this is what, you know, inspired us to, to do this podcast together, okay, I'm, I'm telling myself the story that going to the mountains, going to these solid, stable, safe, grounded, you know, stone people, this is going to be the thing that creates that level of foundation for me to grow and rise from. Like, it's the mountain energy that I need. Like, this is going to be the key. It's bullshit. There is no key other than you. And what the universe was asking of me and of us in that moment was, can you be the mountain? Can you find the mountain inside of you? Can you find the opportunity to grow and rise, whether the foundation even exists or not? And I truly felt this fundamental shift in my capacity to respond in that day. And luckily, you know, we, the, the tribe read this book called, uh, busting loose from the money game many years ago. It was like, everyone was reading it. And I decided to start reading it on our way on the drive uh-huh. during my road session or my driving sessions, bear be sleeping. And I was like, I'm going to listen to this for the eighth time. I just feel like there's going to be more wisdom in it for me again. And I did. And so on January 1st, when we got that message from him, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, as the book says, I'm going to bust loose from this. I'm going to just know that this is part of the human game. And this is just like asking to see how I'm going to respond and what I'm going to do and whether or not I'm going to give my power away to this. Am I going to let this little text message, you know, three lines breaking up with me via text, how rude, but am I going to let that ruin the start of my year? Am I going to let that, you know, cause more tension between me and my partner? And, and I'm going to get angry and I'm frustrated and fuck this guy. What an asshole. Like, how could you, why? Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like that. I've already felt like that for a lot of the last six months, (laughs) even as all these amazing things are happening in my life. I'm looking at this one little piece and saying, oh, but this isn't what I want. And this isn't how I want it. So I'm upset you know, and I'm, I'm frustrated and, you know, like it's not helpful. And so we just surrendered, you know, we're staying in this beautiful little cabin, Airbnb place. We could stay another couple of nights and we just started figuring it out. And now we're in a gorgeous five bedroom place. That's like 5,000 square feet, which like you can hardly find something like that in LA. And so the kittens can run around and there's a gorgeous hike at the end of the road. And it's just like, this is amazing. Wow. But if I had let myself not be the mountain, or if I had let myself fall down into the doldrums, it's very unlikely. It doesn't mean that it couldn't have happened, but it's very unlikely that I would have been an energetic match 
to something that was equivalent or perhaps, I mean, I don't know. I never actually even went and saw that other house, but like, perhaps it's even better, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't have manifested that or couldn't have aligned to receiving that if I'm in the frequency of anger and frustration and, and woe is me and, oh, the universe is punishing me. Because if that's the energy that we're in, right, just like the inner witch hunter, then it's just going to keep punishing us or it's going to keep presenting us with energy that we can create. The story is punishment. Mm-hmm. And so it was, yeah, it was incredibly powerful and, and so beautiful and so sweet and such a blessing to be able to feel that, you know, I can, and also speaking about, you know, being a teacher and a leader and a transmission and, you know, courageous, it's like, what would, and, and, you know, this can be motivation or not, but like, what would my audience think? What, what would the people that I'm trying to teach and be a way shower for to be a lighthouse and help guide them home and find their way? What, who the fuck would I be? How could I be in integrity with them? If I'm just going to be like responding in a way that I'm trying to teach everyone not to respond, it's not in integrity. And so I had to choose in that moment, like, who do I want to be as a woman? Who do I want to be as a partner? Who do I want to be as a teacher? Who do I want to be as a student of life and a servant to the goddess and to mother earth? I want to be trusting and I want to feel like I'm in my power. And I want to know that all this magic that I've believed in for all these years is working for me. And so that was, that was the the invitation with the moment of getting here and and with, you know, embodying the mountain energy. And of course it's 222 as I'm saying this right now. And, Mm -hmm. and that is my, my number of support from the goddess. And, you know, like that's the biggest magic that we can experience is watching ourselves shift and change is watching ourselves kill off the old version of us, right? Like that's that Scorpio energy is like, I'm going to kill that version off so that I can rise reborn from the ashes and become the Phoenix. So that I can see from that higher perspective. And then that higher perspective allows me to inform my next choice and my next levels of decisions and and choices. And, And I just, yeah, I feel so grateful that it happened the way that it did, because even just over these first few days of the, the new year, I can feel that like we were talking about before with the aftercare or like the version of myself that I get to be now just from choosing trust. Yeah. just from choosing for something that I didn't want to happen to be okay. Mm-hmm. Something new has been that's, born. That's, and that's, that's where the, the, the new level of courage to share the moon blood came from. And my, you know, what's really been alive for me in, in these last months and in what's been coming, I watched this documentary that I highly recommend for anyone to watch. It's called nothing compares. And it's about this woman named Sinead O'Connor, who was this huge pop star in the nineties. And she spoke out about the church and they ruined her. They ruined her career. They ruined her life. They tore her down. They made everyone think that she's crazy and mentally ill instead of just a deeply abused, traumatized child who the church did serious damage to her. And I just was so inspired by her. I was so inspired by that film. I was like, if someone like that, who's in such a massive, like, you know, public eye kind of space, if she can do it, 
who am I not to? Who am I not to stand up? Who am I not to, to help people see through the truth of what has been hurting them and what has been, you know, dragging them down. And like, that is the mountain, right? That's why we look at mountains, purple mountain majesty. Like that's why we look at them with awe because like the tectonic plates bumping up against each other and the like massive friction and explosive energy that builds a mountain, a mountain has been through it all. Yeah. It stands strong and rises and shows itself as something that we can all look to, that you can see from miles around with wonder and awe and inspiration. And so it was like, all right, girl, it's time for me to be that mountain. That's true. And those mountains, you know, they resilient, you know, through any weather, you know, through all different storms and just the weather there in Boulder, you know, in the winter is really harsh. And just those mountains are just unmovable. You know, they just, they, it, it's such a reminder of this, the stability that's present. I was going through just some waves of really intense heartbreak when I was there in Boulder, when I first got there. And I just spent so much time on those mountains, just feeling the way they like hold it all. And it's, you're right. It's a reminder. It's just a reflection over and over again of like how the invitation is to be able to hold all of me, you know, how can I really hold all of me? And that's huge. And part, one thing that you said in that last um, expression really reminded me of the, the power in, in like the AA communities of having sponsees. Mm. And, you know, you were sharing about like, you know, you had that kind of crossroads moment when you got that text message that the house you thought you were going to get, you weren't going to get it after that big trip. And there was this moment of like the way that the people that you think you're helping actually helped you. Mm -hmm. that the way that our clients and our mentees and the people that come to us for support and and then up go upstream, the people that we've gone to for support as well. Like Let's also bring into the equation, and I feel this for myself so often too, the ways that they serve us deeply by there's this unnamed command to walk with the integrity that backs up the words. There's an unnamed command to show up as, as a a demonstration and as a, a, a fully as much in alignment as we possibly can. And you can't put a definition on that, yeah. you know, in alignment does not, as you can hear from Mia share and mine, many, many of mine, listen to any episode. It does not mean <laughs> perfect. It does not mean perfect. It does not mean there's no pain. It does not mean we're not facing off with spins. It just means that we're learning how to really be with the, fullness of ourselves, right? Where, where we judge, where we, where we reject, where we control, where we, where we fear, where we would even abandon ourselves and just becoming aware of all those places and then meeting them with total compassion and choosing the highest possibility whenever possible. And as we've named when we don't, and it seems like we've gotten it wrong, it's 
It's then it's how much of an embrace, how much can I hold perspective around this, that even this is exactly the teaching that I needed. And it's just, I know for myself, oftentimes it's, you know, the, the dojo women, they inspire me through their devotion to doing their work in the way that they show up. And then it reminds me like my capacity, I had three phone calls last night, uh, just with women that I'm working with reaching out for support in different areas. And I was feeling a little wobbly before that started Mm -hmm. happening. And it was such a gift to be able to actually get out of myself and be of service. And then by the time I finished supporting these women that I fucking love, yeah. I like forgot what it was that I was even like wobbly about, you know? Oh, right. I'm a badass. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like we, we really, we, we, we support each other, no matter what the form is. Sometimes we're teachers, sometimes we're student, you know, and it just, it, it's such a gift, just us, all of us as a human family, continuing to grow on each one of our individual paths, but doing it together, reminding each other home the whole way through. And then we take these threshold points. They don't stop. So no matter like you, you had a very, it sounds like rocking year last year. And now you're, you've stepped into this next threshold of kind of pulsing in the unknown in terms of this next level of your life. So here you are in Boulder, Airbnb with your man, LA felt like it was complete for the time. And how are you relating now to being in this unknown space? Because one thing I'm, I'm seeing and, and learning with just barely enough years under my belt to even be able to see the patterns at 37, you know, like that's, it's like old enough, but not that old, but still not that Yeah, It's like just (laughs) a point where I'm like, okay, I've seen enough patterns now where it's like, you know, impermanence is one truth of what it means to be here in a body. And there's such a beauty in that, which increases appreciation, but there's also a lot of grief in that. And I'm witnessing myself and, and teachers of mine, you know, in, in a a variety of different processes of the life, death, life cycle of letting go of what has been, you know, and seeing where we place our value, our safety, our worth in the form, the form of our house, the form of our relationship, the form of our service, the form of our Instagram account existing, the form of what the fuck ever, And we see how much of our security, our value, and our worth we've placed in those things when they change. And one thing that's guaranteed is change. And so I've been making a careful study of that in my life. And it's in these moments, especially the very snow globey last couple of years that I've been in, where I've gotten to see lots of rising of things in relationships and experiences that I love, and also lots of dismantling and falling away of things and relationships and experiences that I love. And I'm like, wow, it's this real dojo of being with the truth of impermanence and how that lends to the ability to actually be able to appreciate and participate in life rather than hold on control and preserve what's happening in life. So how is this stage and phase of your experience? Cause this is new for you. I've known you, like you said, almost apparently 10 years now, this is the first time I've seen you like really going for it in terms of like another stage of, of let go. You guys did that a bit when you, before the Topanga house, but this feels a little different. And so I'm curious how you're relating to this experience of big change in your life. I think for me, there's the biggest pieces is that life is change, right? Cycles, seasons, zodiacal 
you know, changing of the, of the, uh, pattern and of the skies. And for me, I, I actually don't feel particularly like this is a big change. I feel like this is a season and this is winter. My perspective is that I'm in, I'm in a season and I've been in LA for 10 years and there isn't winter there. It's sunny every day. It's so beautiful. And like, that's amazing. And, you know, you can go to the beach whenever you want and you can go for a hike every morning and you barely need a jacket. And that's great. But to me, that doesn't actually embody or illustrate the way that cycles and seasons change in the world. And so I, I'm just in a season where I want to experience winter. I want to be inside. I want to be internal. I don't want to have all the friends and all the party. Like I've already missed so many amazing (laughs) things in LA, like in the last two weeks of being gone, you know, and I can feel the old patterns of the FOMO, right? Oh, I'm missing out. All my friends are having all these fun things like, you know, Liz's birthday. And oh, I'm so sad that I'm not with my sisters and But the thing is, is that I've become who I am because of all those things. And if, again, as we've said multiple times throughout this, if I'm not letting myself be an embodied and integrated version of myself that is a result of having done all those things, having had all those beautiful moments and beautiful ceremonies and like feeling the depth of fulfillment and joy that comes from our sisterhood and the way that we have, you know, the most incredible women in our lives and and how we support each other. If I'm still in the story that I need that in order to know who I am, then I actually haven't really like squeezed the juice out of it. I'm like living in an illusion of of what it gave me or not actually allowing it to have been a gift at all. I'm still like hungry for it or needing it or like, Oh, I got to feel that love. And like, of course I want to feel it. I don't want to miss it. You know, like it's the best. We're the best. We're literally the best, you know, but, but how I'm feeling about the unknown is I actually hadn't even like said it to myself like that until you're saying it, you're in this big phase of the unknown. I'm like, Oh fuck, is she right? You know, but, but how I'm feeling it is I just feel present. Yeah. I feel really present. Mm-hmm. Right now in the northern hemisphere, this is winter time. And I haven't lived in a place that snows in 10 years. I've barely even seen the snow. And when the moon was full, you know, I was like forcing Bear to go out on these moonlit walks. He's like, it's 10 degrees outside. I'm like, put on a jacket, you know. Uh-huh. And we're going out and and the the moonlight is glittering on the snow. And I always go out for full moon hikes, but there's never anything that like reflects that light or, or illuminates the ground around me. It's like, yes, you can see the moonlight, but there, I haven't been out on a, on a full moonlit hike in the snow. I've never done that before, you know? And it was so, I was like singing all the frozen songs to myself. I'm like, let it go. Like, just (laughs) like, you know, he's like throwing me into the snow. Like you're going to wake up all the neighbors. (laughs) But it was just so beautiful to have these new experiences and to feel, like you said, alignment isn't perfect, but but it is alignment. And so being here right now, this unknown for me is choosing 
alignment with the natural world, which is in fact the greatest gift, the, the best choice of all the choices I've ever made. The best choice I ever made is reconnecting to the earth and, and, and knowing that I am a reflection of nature and that yes. I am made of the same elements of, as this planet. You know, the bones in my body are the stones in those mountains. And, and so I'm feeling like what I'm choosing isn't an unknown. It's actually like the only thing we ever used to know, which is that we are nature and that we are cyclical beings and that she has these seasons and, and I'm choosing to be aligned with, with her season right now. Yeah. It is winter. Okay. I'm going to see fewer people. I'm going to make things in the crock pot and I'm going to, you know, I'm finishing my book. My book is due February 6th. So like I got to be on it. Like that's, this is the most important thing for me. And I, I think that that's what the greatest gift of the unknown can be is what is the unknown asking of you? Is it asking for you to trust, right? That's what it was doing on January 1st. It's like, can you trust? And, and everyone's unknown, everyone's uncertainty is going to have a different request of you. It's going to be an invitation. It's going to be like some form of your growth is the unknown is, is, you know, you've lost your job and you don't know what you're doing. Well, then the unknown is likely asking you to find your purpose, right? You know, you broke up with someone and, and you, you're like so confused and you don't know what the fuck and why this is happening. Well, the unknown, as we've seen with you and, and that I just always honor y'all, like you guys don't always hear it, but I, I'd be like leaving her the voice notes of like, Oh my God, girl, I'm so proud of you. Like, I'm so impressed by you. I can't believe you're so fucking amazing and resilient and powerful. You're so brave. But, you know, I witness you respond to those things with just becoming an even more powerful embodied woman. Okay, like then let me step mm -hmm. up and rise into an even stronger version of myself who can handle even more shit getting thrown at me. And, and like you said at the beginning, like deal with it with grace. And that's what I watch you do, that you're one of the greatest inspirations in my life for, for handling shit, getting thrown at you with grace, because like, it's just so unbelievable, you know, and Jess too, like the ultimate elegance through the deepest agony. And so that's mm -hmm. what, for me, like really, I don't feel like I'm in the unknown. I feel like I'm actually in an incredibly clear invitation from the earth to become even more of the kind of woman that I would admire. And that means she doesn't mm. need Woo. anything outside of herself, even nature, you know, like sometimes it's too cold to even go outside. Let me be the mountain. Let me be the forest. Let me be the meadow. Let me be the flow of the river. And, and what, what will happen if I know all of that within myself, regardless of my external circumstances, so it feels, it feels really clear, but again, like you said, you know, we, it was six months of being in LA still trying to like avoid the unknown. And now we're just like, okay, well, here we go. Let's try it out. Who, who are we yeah. being asked yeah. to become? That's it. Well, I like who I'm seeing, you know, i I love every ounce of every part of you. And I, you know, I've, never experienced you as clear, as confident, as willing, as receptive as you are in this moment. And I love, I love the analogy that you just gave, you know, around 
just feeling present and being with nature, like that you're lining up with nature, you know, it's not necessarily being experienced as the word unknown. I mean, we are, that is the unknown is the truth of every moment. Always. It always is. And there's something about that leap into that type of space. And I actually really resonate when I have taken these big leaps into what I call the unknown space or like where there isn't a plan, a strategy, a known that, that I'm sure that there's a me that I've planned to do, like where I just kind of pulse on the, the vibration of the moment and just pray <laughs> and let life really have the experience of putting the next footstep, the next stepping stone, just like appears. And from my experience, that's been real magic. When I've gone into those places of like, I don't know where I'm going to be next week. And then the, this next stepping stone appears or the next relationship person I'm meant to meet happens or the next city I'm called towards calls me. It's like, wow, the stepping stone that goes beyond anything I could ever imagine just literally appeared. And it had the space to do that because I was not in control. And where I'm resonating with what you're describing is like, when I have let go of control or been forced to my fucking knees where I'm then out of control, I'm just like out of control. That's when this like sharp, pristine presence rises. And there's just a presence with what is. And your description of what is occurring in your reality right now relative to your connection with the land, the mountains, winter is really <laughs> making me miss Colorado. I'm like, oh, I'm excited to get back Not there and swim in the rivers with you and, and have time in the mountains together. And there is something really beautiful. I've spoken to this on, a, on some other episodes about being in a place where the seasons are happening you know, and you get to really uh, tune in. You really feel the hibernation of winter. You feel the coming out of spring. You you feel the blooming in the summer. Like there's really this beautiful, then the fall comes. It's like, oh, wow, we're starting to turn in. And it's a, a really important reminder. If you are listening from a place that is not seasonal, it makes sense if you feel a little bit more internal in the winter while you're in sunny LA or Florida or Costa Rica or Mexico or wherever you're listening from that may not be fully seasonal. Just like I've noticed being here in LA after a year and a half in Colorado last year, I really, it gave me the gift of reacclimating to the seasons. So in December and this part of January so far, I yeah. have been more internal. I'm like, oh, it makes sense. I'm in a hibernating kind of lower energy yeah. place. And that makes sense. That's okay. And it, that gets missed in, in sunnier places sometimes in the winter in the Northern hemisphere, because it, it's so sunny. It's like, I should be outside, but there really is still this collective winter season that's happening. Yeah. So thank you for presencing that and just your beauty, your leadership, your love, your stand for real magic. Like I just walking through a meadow with you and going to the redwoods or being in the mountains. Like these are all experiences I'm so excited to have in the very near future because walking with you and your emanation of real magic, just like 
radiates that real magic out into every life that you touch. So thank you for being such a force in my life and the lives of so many. And I'm curious if you could share, you named that you're writing a book. Um, where can people find you? Where can yeah. they, when can they get yeah, the book? So the book, you know, publishing is a long process. So the book comes out in January of 2024. So we got a year. It's called Intuition. And then the second book after that is called Witchual, but that one won't be out till 2025. So uh, we got we got some time. So you guys can uh, pre-order it in like eight months. No. Um, but yeah, so uh, Mia Magic, M-I-A-M-A-G-I-K are all of my platforms. Beware, there's a lot of people who are pretending to be me out there on the internet. There's only one. And uh, yeah, so YouTube, Instagram, I have an amazing new program called Sorceress coming out all about sourcing our power from these things that have helped me to lead my life. And and yeah, it's it's just such an honor. And I think that there's some little piece that I want to just leave everyone with that I was saying, I was singing the frozen songs while I'm out in the snow. And there's that line from the second frozen and that song into the unknown. She's like, every day's a little harder as I feel my power grow. Don't you know, there's part of me that longs to go into the unknown. And that is what reclaiming your power is asking of you and leading a life of magic is asking of you because it is unknown for our modern society. Nobody knows how to lead the most magical life possible because no one's been given the permission up until now. So I appreciate so much your relationship to the unknown and presencing like the importance of being in that space of the unknown, because that is what you know, liberating yourself and claiming your magic and living in your power. That's what it is. It's an unknown. And it can feel like a challenge and it can feel hard and difficult, but we long for it. We long for that unknown. We long for this magic. And, and I have experienced and I watch you experience and I watch our community experience the new levels of joy and pleasure and prosperity and fulfillment and, and just downright happiness and awe at the miracle of life simply by letting ourselves live these lives that were previously unknown. So for all of you that are listening, you know, there's, there's, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong in the unknown, except if you judge yourself for being there. Yeah. Oh, that's a great (laughs) place to drop the mic. Thank you all so much for your presence and your depth of listening. I'm so looking forward to seeing you next time. Thank you all for creating this space to receive this transmission and for having the courage that it takes to live your life beyond the edge. If you feel the call to go deeper with me privately or explore the dojo ecosystem, the best place to start is by visiting zaharazimring.com and taking your free micro dojo. You can also find me on Instagram at Zahara Zimring, and I love hearing from you guys. So feel free to send me messages, make comments, and I will absolutely get back to you. I also would deeply appreciate if this episode or any of these episodes have touched your heart, leave a review as it really supports this show in touching more hearts and more lives all around the world. Thank you for joining and I'll see you next time.